0: I also have the privilege this morning of introducing to you uh, Jennifer Pugh. Jennifer is the Executive Director of Community Hope, and that's a nonprofit organization that's located in Masaki County uh, that strives to um, create resources to partner together to help people in the area of food distribution and also in mentoring children, youth, and adults. Uh, she's married to Michael, who is a, a friend of mine. He's a pastor. They were called to serve in 2014 at Lake City CRC. Um, and uh, Jennifer was a, a busy woman in ministry before um, moving up here. She held church staff positions in spiritual formation and administration in Hudsonville and Virginia Beach. And uh, following, I didn't know you, you, I mean, you've been really busy. Prior to that, you were in high, to, high school and community college in Virginia, so, been a busy woman throughout the years, and I know it's been a blessing working with you on different projects as well. So, would you please um, give God some praise for her being able to be here and welcome her here this morning, Jennifer Pew.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. I really am pleased to be here with you, especially as you're celebrating this mission conference. Of course, my heart really goes toward mission. I love serving the Lord in that way. And I just feel so good about Rehoboth for pausing in your calendar for three weeks to really celebrate what God is doing through missions locally and around the world. And so, thank you for the privilege of inviting Community Hope to be part of that mission conference this year. We are glad to be here. Community Hope, as Pastor Kevin said, is a nonprofit organization. We became a nonprofit in 2017, but we grew out of Lake City Christian Reformed Church a few months after we arrived, my husband and I arrived there in 2014. You see, what happened is that there was a meeting, sort of a gathering of church leaders and city leaders together, and we talked about the State of the Union, so to speak, in Masaki County. And out of that conversation grew Community Hope and the ministries that we do today. You can see on your screen that we're involved in four different areas of ministry. And all four work together to serve our purpose to strengthen this community by partnering churches and schools and businesses together to provide food resources and mentoring to the people of Masaki County. Really what we're trying to do is love God and love others. You can see on this slide that one of the things we do is mentor kids. We mentor kids in Lake City schools, K through eighth grade. We also provide weekly food packs to 118 kids each week, also in Lake City schools right now. In the fall, or excuse me, in the winter of 2024, we will be kicking off our new Love Your Neighbor Circle. This is an adult mentoring program that we are starting. It's a new mentoring model that we're using. And this circle will be specific to people who are 18 to 30 years old. You see, we think it might be helpful if we gather kind of a few people, a little network around folks in that age category who are trying to get a head start on what it means to be fully adult and have all those responsibilities in their lives for the first time. And, of course, you know that we are all about food pantries, We are the organization that funds your food pantry here and also the one at Prosper Christian Reform Church. You know, just three and a half years ago, there weren't a lot of food pantries in Misaki County. And right now, no matter where you live in Misaki County, you have a food pantry that's relatively close to where you live. I am pleased to say, that the partnership that we have with multiple churches in Masaki County have come together in order to be able to support your food pantry, the one at Prosper Christian Reformed Church, also the one at the Evangelical Presbyterian Church in Lake City, and all the mentoring that we do. It's an incredible thing what God does as he loves his people through one another. Since we're talking about Community Hope this point, I'd just like to turn your attention again to the screen. I have a very short PowerPoint presentation. I'm just gonna kind of read through it with you. But it gives you a little bit of a feeling for this journey we've been on as Community Hope along with food pantries. You can see that we began in 2020 Community Hope began partnering with Rehoboth and Prosper Churches to distribute food to people in our community. We thought back then that it was just gonna be during COVID, right? We thought that was gonna pass. Next slide. The shutdown ended, but all of us knew that really the problem with food scarcity predated COVID and that it was gonna persist long beyond. And I was just so grateful to see your church and Prosper respond to that need with love and with a commitment. So from 2020 through August 2023, we saw lots of things happen. And one of those was WEX Express partnered with Community Hope to deliver food to people who were unable to get to a food pantry in our network. An amazing thing. Next slide. And from then to the present day, we have seen teams of people who are dedicated Christ followers at all three of these pantries across our county. They've given time and love to ensure that food is purchased, that it's put in bags, that it's picked up, that it's packed, that it's distributed for everybody who needs it. Next slide. Food acquisition. Began with boxes. Some of you will remember that. We got lots of boxes that were delivered to churches through COVID funding, but soon that ended. It was June or July when that that ended, and then we had to have people who actually ordered food. We had to have volunteers who were able to pick it up and then bag it and get it back out. Now you have a very faithful team of volunteers here who do that who even show up at the warehouse to be able to provide fresh food, fresh produce, so that we can give healthy food to people who come to our pantries. From time to time, we have donations of fresh produce, and we have financial gifts that allow us to buy fresh produce. We are very grateful. Some of those donations have come from the people in this congregation Our real desire is to be able to provide families with good food, food that is good for their bodies, especially during stressful times in their lives. So Rehoboth volunteers provide weekly relief to people primarily from McBain, Marion, and Cadillac. Your church is the only one that has a weekly distribution. Prospers is bi-weekly. And it's been really important to me to know that Rehoboth continues to provide food weekly because sometimes crisis doesn't come when you're planning on it, right? You may need food and you didn't anticipate it coming. Your bags provide about a day to a day and a half of food. That lessens the anxiety for people at home. It decreases their monthly grocery bills it helps them sleep better at night and be be able to attend to things, the other things of their lives. Rehobos has seen a sizable increase in the number of people needing food. From 350 people to about 126 households just last August, we thought that was the norm, to as many as 547 people, or 176 households, in August. In September, I was relieved. I saw this go down just a little bit. Rehoboth provided food to an average of 446 people or 147 households just in each week of the month. Folks, people need food who live on your street. People down the road need your help, and this church has reached out with love and compassion food is purchased through donations to community hope we pay for the food for both rehoboth and prosperous food pantries obviously we also have to apply for grants in order to help shoulder the costs but we are very grateful for the partnership of many churches that put the cookbook together last year and for the sale proceeds that continue to go to all three pantries in our Masaki county food pantry network we started that with covid it incorporates three pantries who want to be in it and the network is a significant support to pantry leaders because it helps us with our problem solving we have shared experience we have spiritual encouragement for each other and we have time of prayer together pantries also benefited from the 2023 love your neighbor food drive you might remember this It brought three schools, nine businesses, and 14 churches together to provide 6,467 food donations. Yes, we counted each one to Rehoboth, Prosper, and the Good Neighbor Food Pantry. And the Love Your Neighbor food drive in 2024. It's February 1 through 14, designed right around Valentine's Day. Because people see the need for food access in our county, Community Hope has received food donations from area churches and even some churches from other places across our state. It's been amazing. We've also had the privilege of being able to partner with Nambot Farms for eggs and produce. We've had individuals who have donated meat on a regular basis and and produce to our pantries. So the Lord provides in very surprising ways. I never know who's on the other end of the phone when I get a call in the morning. Christ calls each of us to care one for another. So while the people of Rehoboth are packing bags and putting them into cars, Community Hope is doing our best to coordinate gifts and donations to support the needs of the people you serve. God provides, we serve, and all are blessed. You know, as I look at those slides again this morning, I am truly amazed at the goodness and the provision of God, His love that overwhelms. In spite of the challenges that we faced over the last three and a half years of working with food pantries, the Lord has always made a way. He is faithful. And demonstrating his love to us, and he's done it tangibly, but he has also done it intangibly. And he's done it through a very wide community of believers, some in Masaki County, some way beyond Masaki County, some even outside of Michigan. This love of God, this love for God, it's a top priority that we read about in Scripture And it's the subject of today's message. From it, we learn that loving well is actually a measure of our spiritual maturity. And it's a gift that we can constantly grow in. Before we read the scripture passage this morning, I'd like us to pray together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are the author of love And you call us not only to love you, but to love others. And God, I think that sounds easy enough. But you know how much all of us can get it tangled up. And so please open our hearts and our minds this morning to not just hear scripture, but to experience you changing us to be more like Jesus. In his name I pray, amen. Our scripture reading is on the screen. It's from Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. And one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, Hang on these two commandments. And thanks be to God for his word to us today. If you're familiar with this passage, you know that the backdrop to it is actually kind of a sparring match going on here between the Sadducees and Jesus. And when Jesus silenced them, meaning he kind of won the argument... Then it was kind of like the Pharisees' turn, and so they gathered together, and they kind of appointed their real top-drawer expert to go and test Jesus. And this expert decided that the best test for Jesus at that point would be to ask him what the greatest commandment of all the law was. Now, you have to know here that in the Jews' Jewish law, the Torah, there were over 600-plus commandments. And then, those were key commandments, there were 300-plus more commandments that were considered to be the lesser. So out of all of these commandments in a moment's notice, Jesus is supposed to pick the best one. We don't read that Jesus has to go study first. I noticed that. He simply references what's called the Shema. Maybe you have heard about it. We first find the Shema in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. You can look it up if you want to and kind of follow along. We're going to look at it a little bit this morning. It says, Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul, And with all your strength. If you keep reading a few verses down, you'll see that those words are followed by these words. Tie them, meaning the commands to love the Lord your God. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. For the Jews of Jesus' time, these were very significant words, and they were very, very familiar. And now, Jesus was pointing to these words as the first and the greatest commandment. But then he goes on, beyond what he was asked for, And he gives a second commandment. And it's love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus even says that the second commandment is like the first. And if you were a listener mixed in with the Pharisees back then, you would have recognized that the grammatical structure that Jesus was using when he used those very words... Actually linked the Shema to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. It linked that as being inextricably a part same weight as loving your neighbor. Unheard of. These two commandments, Jesus says, not requests that all the other 900-plus laws in the Torah and everything that the prophets say rests. And this is so important. (laughs) These two commandments, that we're going to take a little closer look at them today. What does it mean to love God and love others? In the first and the greatest commandment, We read, love the Lord with all your heart. Of course, this is in Hebrew, if you look back at Deuteronomy. And the word for love here is ahav. This kind of love is different than the kind of love we think of in Western culture. Ahav here refers to this deep allegiance, this sincere loyalty this depth of trust, so much so that we would give, that we would serve, in this case, the Lord. So to love the Lord, your God, here, means to have allegiance, loyalty, and a deep, deep trust in him. The word heart in that line as is expressed in Hebrew, refers not just to the organ of your heart in your body, that good muscle we all need. It refers to your thinking, your decision-making, your feelings, your emotions, your will. It's like kind of the center of who you are. So when it says, when Jesus said, To love the Lord with all your heart, it means to be loyal and give your allegiance to him and your trust with your thinking, with your decision-making, with all your emotions, and even with your will. Next, we read to love the Lord with all our soul. Again, this isn't the Western thinking of soul, you know, that spirit that floats up, we think of, to heaven after we die. It's broader than that. The Hebrew thinking of soul refers to that spirit, but it actually also refers to your physical body. Everything you are, that whole person. So to love the Lord with all your soul means to show loyalty and deep trust of God with your body, with your whole person, with everything you are. And lastly, in the Shema and the Deuteronomy reading, we read, To love the Lord with all our strength. This one's a little bit harder to understand. That Hebrew word used here for strength is miot, which is kind of like an adverb. It's a describing word of a verb. And it's kind of close to the word of, like, muchness or very. So really, the meaning of loving the Lord with all our strength means we need to show our allegiance and that trust and that loyalty to God with everything we've got, our thinking and our feelings and our will and our bodies, our relationships, our resources, our careers, our hobbies, our parenting, all the ways we spend our time. And we are to do it all, everything, very much, not halfway, 100% all in. I don't know about you, but that feels like kind of a high standard to me. That's a little hard to pull off. But what if we did this? (laughs) What would that look like? I think it means that we would be in such close alignment with God. We would be so in sync with what he was thinking and what he wanted us to be and do that everything we did and thought would bring honor to him. He would smile because of the way that we were doing our lives and the way that we talked with him Instead of figuring out how to do things on our own, or mm, maybe just telling other people what to do, we would hold every thought captive to Christ. We would ruthlessly avoid hurry so we could leave margin for the new marching orders that we might get from god for us to invest in the kingdom on earth and those orders would take precedence even over our own desires we would be cheerfully obedient to his voice which means we would all be well-rested individuals We would be eager to worship, and we would be wildly productive at all the right things. We would love well, and we would grow into the very best version of everything God wanted us to be so that we could bring joy and peace and love and provision into this world, and by his power, all kinds of things would be healed. Hurts. Diseases, all of those things that God has not desired for us on earth because his divine love would be moving through us. Wow, yeah, amen. Sounds like heaven. But folks, this is actually supposed to be on earth Because followers of Jesus Christ bring it in. So, what about the second commandment that we read? Jesus quotes, Love your neighbor as yourself. Where did that come from? It's not in the Shema. The second commandment, Jesus' names, comes from the last half of verse 18 in Leviticus 19. And if you were to go there, or maybe you remember it, you know that it actually follows this very long passage of all the ways that you're not supposed to treat your neighbor. I think really it's an illustration of all the ways that God wants us to treat our neighbor, and so the law tells us how not to. When you read that carefully, you realize that we are learning to treat our neighbors justly and honestly and generously and with compassion and care. It's not really like the storyline for the movies or TV shows, is it? In fact, it sounds a little bit like wishful thinking to me sometimes, but again... It's a command from God to love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's pretty tall order sometimes. And it's even harder yet when I realize that the word neighbor does not refer to the really nice people who happen to live on my street. It's broader than that. In Jesus' day, everyone in the village was your neighbor. That included the tax collectors who cheated you. It included the extremists. Remember Simon the Zealot and all the other zealots that went with him? It included the religious people who worshipped other gods. It even included the religious people who couldn't see eye to eye with each other. You remember the Pharisees and the Sadducees and... mm, Gosh, the Jews and the Christians. It included the Roman government, who was wildly oppressive, and they weren't voted in. It included all people of all economic levels. It included people who were on the fringes of society or considered unclean, and it included people who lived lives that were incredibly offensive to God. And about all those... Jesus said to his listeners that they must love all these neighbors by being honest and fair and compassionate and caring and generous, even though some of these people were wicked. They were deceivers. They were power mongers. They took advantage of people they were greedy, and they were betrayers. This is really a hard one for us, isn't it? Because, you know, division is way easier than loving people who don't agree with us or whom we think have taken something away from us who have hurt us. And I'm, remem- I'm reminded of some hard things about Jesus. He died for all of us before we came to love him and know him. He died for us when we were yet sinners. So these commandments. The greatest commandment and the one just like it, they're pretty tough. All our thinking, feelings, actions, our bodies, our will are to be in alignment with God, even as it relates to our neighbors. And we're to do this with everything we've got, all our energy, all our everything, So when Jesus said the greatest commandment was to love God and to love others, I think his point was to become a person of love. This is the person who simply notices the other people in the room, all the people. And they welcome them in loving ways, with a smile. They assume the best about them when they arrive, And they are quick to provide when they realize that somebody has a need. You know something? (laughs) I want to be loved the way that Jesus tells people to love each other. I want to be received the way Jesus receives people. I want to enter a group of people in a room and know that they're actually going to be glad that I showed up. I want to be confident that the people I'm around believe the very best about me, that they actually find me to be valuable. I want to know that they really care what I'm saying and what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking, and that when I make mistakes, that they're going to love me anyway. And when I have a need as we all do, that they're going to be there to give me hope. And you know what else? I want to be the person who loves like that. Even people who don't like me or my views or what I stand for or how I live or whatever... I want to love people like Jesus loves, so that when we're together, all the best comes out in all of us. So if I want to be loved that way, and if I want to love that way, why doesn't it happen more? Why are we like this? What keeps us from being people who love well? I think there are books of reasons why, but I know you wanna have lunch today, so I'm only gonna give you three, and they're the three I deal with. Number one, barrier to being a loving person. We are busy and we are weary. We are so busy and we are so weary, or I am, that I can walk right by people I know and not see them. I do this to people in the grocery store, and I don't really mean to. It just happens. I am so focused on getting the right kind of yogurt that I miss the person who's standing in front of the very shelf I'm trying to get it off of. I do not insist on having enough margin in my life that I can take the time to actually see the person standing in front of the shelf. And here's what happens. I think sometimes those people think that I don't believe they're valuable, and that's really not it, but that's how it comes off. It's the message that I send because I simply won't live my life with a little bit of margin. I am sure that the Lord is more interested and me seeing and giving other people value than what kind of yogurt I get or whether or not I get my task done. Number two, barrier to being a loving person. We've had experiences. I have had experiences. I'm old enough to have had a lot of experiences that hurt me. And now I'm fearful. We've all had this. We're fearful of rejection. We're fearful of being controlled. We're fearful of conflict. We're fearful of being taken advantage of. We're fearful of being misunderstood. We're fearful of being weary. We're fearful of becoming involved. We're fearful of losing prestige or power or influence or not having something go our way. We're fearful of not having enough or not being enough. We're fearful of failure, and really, folks, we're fearful of not being loved. I'm not a counselor, but I do know that on a simplistic level, being fearful is a trust issue. It's another barrier to loving others that I constantly have to work on. God says for me to place my trust in him and to move forward as he directs me. Then I can stand firm like the house on the rock, knowing that he is going to provide for my every need. And when I do this, I say when because I don't do it consistently, when I do this, my fear is replaced with courage and confidence. And God's approval becomes more important to me than man's approval and acceptance. From that vantage point, I can then love others even when I feel rejected. And I'm telling you, this happens in small steps for me. And sometimes I take a few steps forward and a few more steps back and then I have to go forward all over again. I have to practice. Number three barrier to being a loving person. This one is selfishness. I hate to own up to it. By selfishness, I mean giving ourselves, our families, and our preferences first place over the needs of others and over God's rightful place in my life. When my money and my time and my love go to my preferences over loving god and my neighbor i'm being selfish this is hard because i think our culture right now tells us that it's okay to put our family above our love for god i think it also tells us that entertainment is well deserved and that it's needed and it's okay to make it a priority over God and others, too. But in truth, I think it's selfishness. And selfishness at any level, it's a barrier to being a loving person. Now, please note this. I did not say that loving your family, your preferences, and your entertainment are selfish. I said prioritizing them over God is. But still, those are pretty tough words to hear. And I'm not saying them because I've got it all figured out that I'm a really loving person. i got a lot of people who would say maybe I'm not. But I say them because I recognize the priority and the difficulty of carrying it out and the essential nature to always be making steps forward and becoming that loving person. So, how do we do this? How do we do this on this side of eternity when we are just mere human beings in a crazy culture that, frankly, I think is anything but teaching us how to love? How do we really become loving people according to Jesus Christ? Well, maybe first... We must open our hearts to the Lord and confess that we struggle to love well. And then we've got to ask for forgiveness. For me, confession is from a surrendered heart and a surrendered position, and I have to practice it a lot. And then we have to listen for that still small voice of God who will answer because he wants us desperately to be in sync with him and his greatest desire for us, to be a loving people. Starts with small steps, as I've said, and it's the only kind really I can take, especially when I'm hurt or when I am mad or when I'm afraid I'm going to lose something that I care about. But here's something that we can all count on. God wants us to take those steps, and when we ask him for help, we have a power we didn't have, or at least we were not utilizing before we asked. I experienced this first, or most memorably, as a high school English teacher in Chesapeake, Virginia. Every, every year, there was one student of my 140 to 150 kids I would see during the day, and they just really hated English. And they really strongly disliked me, even on the first day of school. We were kind of like oil and water from the get-go. And after the first two years of teaching and begging God to help me love the student into being at least tolerable, I caught on to something. And it kind of became a fun game. The third year, when said student appeared on the first day of the school year and already began acting up in very disrespectful ways, I would say to God in my head, aha, this is the one you sent me this year. (laughs) And you and I, God, we're going to love this kid into being a better person than he ever thought he could. And every year, God was faithful in spite of some really, really difficult kids. He was faithful in changing my heart toward the student. And you know what happened? When that student felt loved, they couldn't resist it. Every time, every year. Jesus was doing a work, creating a friendship between a student and a teacher that neither one of us ever could have imagined could happen on that very first day of school. So I can tell you from my own personal experience this is how we take steps we confess, we ask, we listen, we obey and then we repeat, and we repeat, and we repeat. Small steps, a whole lot of them. I have to do it daily, especially when I'm working hard, especially when I'm tired, especially if I'm hurt. I see this kind of love happen quite often in Community Hope's work. We are not perfect, by the way. Far from it, we're just trying to love others by partnering churches and schools and businesses together for the good of the people in our county, our neighbors, we believe. One place I see people loving God and our neighbors is in our mentoring program with children and youth in Lake City Schools. I see kids in the beginning of the year and they can be angry and they can be hurt and they can have all kinds of social skills that are not acceptable in class and they come kind of chopping at the bit and spitting nails and then after they've been meeting with their mentors I see them finding peace. Their behaviors change. There's confidence and there's joy in the smile and the love that they feel from their mentors. In fact... Sometimes I have the pleasure of seeing a couple of our kids. They see their mentor at the other end of the hallway at a distance, and as soon as they see him, they start running full speed. This is breaking school rules, I know, but it's really fun to watch. And they come running down, and their arms are out like this because they are going to plant a hug on that mentor. It's a fabulous thing to see. Almost brings tears to my eyes you know what? I think it's the sentiment that all of us are supposed to greet people with. You know, smiling, thrilled that they showed up. Don't you want to feel like that when you go in the room? It's great. Don't you want to feel like that giving it away? It's better. I see this love in volunteers who pack food for kids who are at risk of not having enough food over the weekends. And these are people who are committed to loving kids and families by lowering the anxiety level in their homes and giving children the signal that they are cared about. What's really notable to me, though, is that the pack room is a very, very loving environment. There are about 20 people who show up from a variety of churches and places in our county, and they come to pack, and they radiate Christ's love so thoroughly that the room actually just fills up with love and a lot of us don't even want to leave it. And I see it in the volunteers who run your food pantry and the one at Prosper. In both cases, these are the people who are committed to loving other people well. They order and acquire food, they get it to the church, they pack the bags, they load them in people's cars. This isn't easy. It requires a lot of commitment. It requires persistence. They show love by physically serving. But we also have people who love God and others by giving generously so that food can be purchased. And sometimes these, I don't know, silent lovers of God go unnoticed because their gifts aren't public. But make no mistake... Caring for people in need, whether it's physical or material, is exactly what God tells us to do over and over and over again. And it's how he loves us, generously. Your church is doing a mighty work through this food pantry. People are coming to look for look for food from your church. They're looking for Jesus, really. I see them when I drive by on a Thursday and you got a lineup in your parking lot and some way, sometimes down the road. You're responding with the love of God and you are responding using provisions that he has given us. And you are also giving relationship. It's a faith journey that you keep walking out and it's a love journey with each step that you take. I want to close this morning with a short vi- video that Stephanie Adkins from Evils put together for us. It's about Rehoboth and Prosperous food pantries and the relationship with community hope. The video will allow you to see what the pantry looks like in case you haven't seen it in operation. It will also tell you a little bit about how these pantries work so I wanna thank you, people of Rehoboth Church, for ministering to your neighbors. And I wanna thank you this morning for allowing me to be here to share with you and for partnering with Community Hope in all that we do. Show the video, please.
2: Volunteers are saying a quick prayer before they start passing out food at their bi-weekly food drive in Falmouth.
1: Last time we had 70 families.
2: A recent report revealed that 28 percent of households in Masaki County live paycheck to paycheck, and 11 percent of the county's population lives below the poverty line. That means for 40 percent of our community, a car repair or doctor visit can leave a family struggling to buy food.
1: One woman said, I just, I, I don't have enough food for my family, I can't buy gas this helps me so that I can. We're finding out that we're really filling a need in our little niche here in Falmouth area. This box of
2: groceries isn't the only nourishment that happens at Prosper CRC in Falmouth.
1: Yeah, we had someone uh, come in It was a couple months ago that um, she came in and said, I, they found cancer and I have to go through radiation. Can you please pray for me? Which we did.
2: Rehoboth Church in McBain also has a weekly food pantry. Both pantries are funded by Community Hope in Misaki County, providing over 600 meal pickups a month by area families.
3: People see Community Hope and they trust it as a community organization, so they're willing to give their funding to an organization like Community Hope.
2: Every dollar you donate is stretched to do the most good.
3: Because we buy our food through Feeding America, we are feeding each family a day's worth of food for between four and five dollars, which we can't go to Walmart or Meyer and make that happen, right? So we are truly doing this the most affordable way that we possibly can.
2: Senior citizens on fixed incomes and lots of other thankful families are on the receiving end of these food boxes.
3: They're so grateful. I was um, putting bags in cars a couple of weeks ago and we had go-gurt that week and there was a little boy who was like peeking his head over the back seat and I was like do you like go-gurt and his face just lit up it was amazing.
2: Volunteers at both pantry locations want to spread the word that everyone is welcome.
3: There are no income qualifications, there are no location qualifications, it's truly anybody who has a need whether it's a temporary need just for this week to get you through to your next paycheck or whether it's maybe an ongoing need while someone in your family recovers from an illness or whatever it is, anybody is welcome to come and we would love to help them.
2: Compassionate Hearts and funding is needed all year long to help these pantries thrive. And donating online is easy. Just go to communityhopemc.org.
0: You know, when you were showing that history timeline, I thought of um, how things started here and just a week or so after COVID had hit, and I'm um, thinking about the children really in school and, and that we're relying on, um, because the school shut down, and relying on uh, food from the schools and how are they going to be able to eat over the weekend and stuff. Uh, children had that great need. And so we just um, remember announcing that that Sunday morning and saying, hey, we and people in the um, missions team talked about it and stuff and just said, you know, how, how can we respond to that? What can we do? Who, who can we be? And just making an announcement on a Sunday morning and saying, hey, if you have that in your heart, if you have some ideas you want to brainstorm, let's just get together and figure out how we can be Jesus Christ in that moment. And I remember afterwards just seeing it, this whole front area just filled up. And it uh, just was an incredible response. And then what has happened since then, um, you know, I'm always amazed, and I share that with people, about the, the volunteers and people that show up week after week and just give out of their heart of their time and everything. It's an incredible blessing and something really powerful to see. And I think of um, Community Hope and you, Jennifer. And, um, she's been an integral part of um, helping us sustain that as well in terms of putting... Um, grants together and finding just different funding partners and everything so i deeply appreciate uh, your involvement and in our role here to be jesus christ as a partner in the gospel and the things that you have done been very important um, way that god has, has put us together to be able to do those things and i also want to thank you for your great message so the great truth that was there so spoke to my heart and i'm sure spoke to everybody's heart so Thanks for being with us this morning. Can we just praise God for that again?